give it up for Nicole. Yeah, come on. Hey, hey, is that band not just awesome? Is the band not just awesome? Yeah, yeah. Hey, thank you. I, I know Nicole said it. I'm going to say it again. Hey, if you have a balloon, some of you, you didn't listen. If you have a balloon in your hand, just drop it. Hey, I promise you after the message, you can pop the rest of the balloons all you want. Uh, you can go nuts with that. You'll get to help us pick up all the trashes on the ground because y'all made a mess. Uh, but hey, man, super excited to be uh, with you guys tonight. Uh, if we've not met before, and there's a lot of you that we've not met before, uh, my name is Nathan. Uh, I'm the middle school pastor. Uh, and so, man, it is just so great to see all of you. Uh, welcome to Midweek. Uh, this is Midweek. If you've not been before, hey, we have this much fun every single week. Uh, we don't do all the crazy giveaways every week, but we have this much fun every single Wednesday. Uh, and so if this is your first time, we'd love for you to come back next week, join us. So many of you, you came back, you came last week thinking it was friend night, uh, and you're back tonight, so welcome back. Uh, like Nicole said, uh, we're going to dive into a message tonight, uh, and I think that if you'll just give me a couple minutes, uh, this message could change your life. I really, I really believe that, uh, because this message changed my life. Right, and so just as it changed my life, I think if you just give me 20 minutes, 20 minutes, it's a shorter message than usual, just give me 20 minutes, and I think God, if you'll listen to God's voice, he will change your life tonight. So let's pray real quick, we'll dive into the message. God, thank you for this night. I thank you for each student that is here. God, I just pray right now that you would open our hearts, Lord, to hear your voice. God, I know that you have a message and a word for every single one of these students that's here. There's no coincidence that these students, they're the ones here tonight. And so God, I know that you have a deep desire to speak to them and to draw them deeper into a relationship with you. So God, I pray that you would do, do just that tonight. God, speak through me. May it be your words, not my own. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Hey, so last week, if you were here, uh, you remember we started a brand new series called Crash Course. Uh, and this series is all about diving just a little bit deeper into some of the, the key foundational beliefs of the Christian faith. Now, some of you, you grew up in church your whole life, and so some of these things, you, you've heard these words before, you've heard about these beliefs before, but you may not quite understand how these beliefs impact your life. Uh, some of you, maybe tonight is the first time you've ever stepped into church. Amazing amazing. Welcome to church. Uh, some of you, maybe you've been to church for a while and all of this is brand new to you. That's great. Wherever you're at in your walk with Jesus, whether you know a lot or you don't know anything at all, hey, this, this is a message for you, right? Because I think that we all, we need to understand what it is we believe. We need to understand why it's important to believe these things. And then we need to understand really how do these beliefs impact our life? And so last week, we, we talked about this, this big belief, this big idea that God created the universe and everything in it, right? We call it creation, right? The belief of creation. And it's found in the very first uh, two chapters of the Bible where we see God creating everything that is in our universe. Right? We talked about, hey, what is creation? Why is creation important? And then ultimately, how does creation impact our lives? And so... Tonight, we're going to talk about another belief, and this belief uh, is actually found in the same passage of Scripture. It starts to be found in the same passage of Scripture that we began reading last week. 
Uh, and that is the belief of the Trinity. The belief of the Trinity. Now, now this belief, uh, I'll be honest, it can be abstract. It can be confusing. Uh, it can be hard to understand. Uh, but tonight, we want to just simplify this belief so that you can walk away knowing, hey, what is the Trinity? How does the Trinity impact my life? And why, why, is the, why should the Trinity be important to me? So we're going to pick up reading in Genesis chapter 1, the first page of Scripture in the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, we're going to read verses 1 through 2. And I want you to notice, they'll be highlighted on the screen in yellow. I want you to pick up on some really key words here. Follow along with me on the screen, or if you have a Bible, open up Genesis chapter 1. Here's what it says. In the beginning, what's that word? God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the what? Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So here we begin to see that there are multiple people, if you will, at creation. Right? We've got God and we've got the Spirit of God. Let me blow your mind some more. Chapter 1, verse 26 just a little bit further, when God is creating humans, when he's creating Adam and Eve, listen to what God says. It says, then God said, let what? Us. Us. Hey, do y'all know the difference between singular and plural? Yes, if you paid attention. That is plural. Let us make mankind in what? Our image. In what? Our likeness. Right, so as God is creating humans... As he's creating Adam and Eve, right? He's saying, let us make mankind in our image, right? There's something going on here. It's not just God at creation, right? If we were to skip over to Genesis chapter 3, we'd begin to see that Jesus is foreshadowed, right? We start to learn about Jesus in the third chapter of the Bible. Jesus doesn't come for thousands of years later, but he's talked about in the third chapter chapter of the Bible. So like I said, this belief of the Trinity, it can be kind of confusing. Maybe you're like, what? I thought God created the universe. Like, well, what is this about us and our and the Spirit and Jesus? Hey, that's why I said don't pick up balloons. Right? What is up with this? Right? I thought it was just God. What is up with all this plural nonsense? Let's dive a little deeper. Let's simplify this for you. So first question tonight is, what is the Trinity? What is this thing that Christians talk about that is called the Trinity? Right? It is very, very simple. The Trinity is really three things. The Trinity first is the Father. Right? And we saw that there in Genesis 1.1. We're going to go back and read it. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So you've got God the Father present. The Father is the first part of what we call the Trinity. God, the the Father is the creator, right? And as we talked about last week, as God created the universe that put him in a place of authority over us, right? So not only is God our creator, he's our authority, but what we also read through the Old Testament is that God the Father is a source of correction, 
right? We see God's people, the Israelites, all throughout the Old Testament, right? They get off track, right? A great example would be when Moses goes up on a Mount Sinai to get what we call the Ten Commandments, right? Moses comes back down, and the people are worship, worshiping this golden statue. And, and God corrects them. And what ends up happening is Moses isn't allowed to enter the promised land. The Israelites have to wander for 40 years because they got off course. And so God corrects them and brings them back. And so God the Father, he's, he's our creator. He's our authority, right? He is the one as the creator that gets the, the ability to say, hey, this is how you and I live, right? We talked about last week, right? A painter, right? Like Monet or Michelangelo or the guy that created the, the Mona Lisa. I forget his name. Picasso. I don't know. I know it's not Picasso. Listen, I know it's not Picasso. Yeah. It's not Leonardo DiCaprio. Thank you. Uh, that's an actor, Lucas. I know it's Da Vinci. Calm down. But we talked about, right, if I walked into the museum where the Mona Lisa is, if I walked into that museum and said, hey, I'm going to go change the Mona Lisa. I'm going to give her a unibrow. They'd say, you're crazy. You don't have that authority. Why? Because I wasn't the creator. Nobody except the creator has the authority to change the creation. And nobody except the creator has the authority to change the way the creation lives. And so God is very clear with how he designed creation. So the first part of the Trinity is the Father. The second part of the Trinity is the Son. And many of you, you may be familiar with the Son. It's Jesus, right? God's Son, Jesus. Right? He's our Savior, Right Through Jesus, we receive love, we receive compassion, we receive forgiveness for our sins. Right? There's a lot that we receive from Jesus. I want to flip over to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 18, and I want you to see this. This is what it says. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the what? The Father. The Son is in closest relationship with the Father, and He, the Son, has made Him known, has made the Father known. So the Son, Jesus, is equally God. Just as the Father is God, Jesus is God. The third aspect of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. Maybe this is where it gets confusing for some people. Because you're like, what is the Holy Spirit? All right, I, I can look up in the, the, the room, and I don't see like this little spirit just kind of hovering through the room. Like I don't see ghosts, right? So what is this thing called the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand if you've seen the movie Pinocchio. You seen the movie Pinocchio? Yeah, me too. The original one? I'd say the one on VHS, but y'all have no idea what a VHS cassette is. Listen. Right, in the movie Pinocchio, in the movie Pinocchio, there's this guy called Jiminy Cricket, right? Yeah, and Jiminy Cricket serves as really Pinocchio's conscience, right? He serves as Pinocchio's conscience. Wait, hey, guess what? You don't have a little cricket sitting up in your head, but you do have a conscience. And guys, the Bible tells us who that conscience is. The Bible is very clear about who that conscience is. It's the Holy Spirit. Right, the Holy Spirit is that voice in your head that goes, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. Right, when I was in Destin, Florida, before we moved here, 
uh, I was getting ready for this trip. Some of you, maybe you've heard this story before. I think I've shared it before. I was getting ready for a guy's camping trip, and I'd gone to, like, our version of King Supers. It was called Winn-Dixie. Uh, I go to the store, and I bought 60 New York strip steaks to go on our guy's youth camping trip. So I've got them all packed down in my Yeti. I'm running late to set up and leave for this trip. I need to get back to the church. And as I'm driving out of the parking lot, there's this lady with her two kids, and she's, she's sitting on the corner. And you, you've seen these people before. They're sitting there, and just, she has a sign that says, hey, I'm hungry. I need a meal. And I was like, ah, it's just too busy. I'm running late. I got to go. And so I kept driving, and I started to hear this voice in my head that said, go back. Go back. She's hungry. You're the guy that just went and cleaned out the supermarket, the grocery store, of all their steaks. And seriously, you can't give her food? You, you can't go to the McDonald's on the other end of the parking lot and just buy her a meal? And buy her kids a happy meal? Really? I kept her. I said, no, I'm too busy. Too busy. And I could just begin to feel that, like, that feeling in your stomach where you're like, ah, I messed up. Oh, I made the wrong decision. And the Holy Spirit was talking to me. He was saying, hey, you should have gone back. He was correcting me. He was trying to guide me. And really what we see, the Holy Spirit, your conscience, the Holy Spirit serves to guide you and advise you on how you should live your life, how you should make decisions. Hey, the Holy Spirit's not going to sit there on your chest and go, hey, question three, the answer's A. You put B, you need to go back, and you need to change it to A. That's not how the Holy Spirit works, guys. That's not the, I, listen, I wish, because guess what? I'd have made all A's in high school and middle school and in college. I was like a BC student, guys. Uh, but that's not how the Holy Spirit works, right? The Holy Spirit advises you. He gives you advice. And then it's up to you to choose whether or not you follow that advice. So simply put, right, we've got the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. But really what it boils down to is the Trinity is God. The Trinity is God. Or we have one God, one God with three expressions. One God, but he expresses himself in three different ways, through the Father, through the Son, and through the Spirit. Uh, All of you have parents. All of you have parents, and maybe this is the easiest way to explain the Trinity. Because all of your parents created you, All of your parents are in authority over you, right? All of you have probably experienced that authority at some point when you you disobeyed what they said, and they corrected you. So you're not, you've experienced the Father through your parents. You've experienced forgiveness and compassion, and sometimes they've saved you from the bad decisions you've made. So you've experienced the Son. Your parents also give you advice and guidance, and so you've experienced the Spirit. So we're not uh, people who are uh, not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We understand that one person can express themselves in three ways. That's what I'm trying to say, right? We get that. We get that one person can express themselves in multiple different ways. We get that. One God Three expressions. All right, so why is all this important? Okay, we, we understand what the Trinity is. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It's God, right? One God, three expressions. So why, 
Why is the Trinity so important? Why is it so important that on the biggest midweek we've ever had that this is what we're going to talk about? Why is it? And the reason is, is the Trinity affects the way that we see and the way that we interact with God. The Trinity, let me say that again, the Trinity affects the way that you see God. The Trinity affects the way that you interact with God. The way that I see and interact with God. Let me give you some examples. Right, if you only saw God as the Father, right, if you ignored the Son and ignored the Holy Spirit and only saw God as the Father, it is very likely that you have this impression of God as he's this guy sitting up in the clouds with his lightning bolts just zapping people, being stern and mean, and he's just dishing out punishments to everyone who does something wrong. That can be our view of the Father. And when that is our only view, that is a wrong view of God. Right? Maybe, some, maybe you're in this boat where you're someone who you only see God as the Son. This is also a very wrong view. God is more than just Jesus. Jesus. Don't get me wrong. Jesus is really, really important. But if we only see God as the Son, then there's no correction. There's no correction. There's only love and compassion. And, and I hear people all the time. I hear students. I hear adults. I, I hear people all the time say, I'm just going to live the way I want to because God will love me anyways. That's this view, right? People who just think, hey, I can live the way that I want to and God will love me anyways, they only view God as the son. That's it. That is their limited view of God. There's also the limited view of only seeing God as the spirit. Uh, These people who only see the spirit, somehow magically they think that uh, their desires and decisions and actions always match what God wants them to do. They just think that. Right? When I only see the Spirit as God, somehow magically my desires always match the desires of God. Right? These people have no idea how God actually wants them to live. No idea. They're guessing. They're really just living for themselves. Because they don't know the Father. So they don't know the correction. They don't know how their creator has called them to live. They don't know the son, so they don't know that they're in need of a savior. So they're just kicking it, living how they want to live. And honestly, the amount that they know about God, they probably learned on TikTok. TikTok theology, some of you, that, maybe that's where you're at. Hey, you are missing out. And TikTok, guys, I'm telling you, TikTok is a dangerous place that will teach you lies, lies about God. Okay, so we've covered what the Trinity is and why it's important. So I think what you probably really want to know is, how does this actually impact my life? All right, if I were you, that would be the question that I would be asking. Okay, really what matters is how this is going to impact me. And that's where I'm going to decide if this matters. And guys, like I said at the beginning, I think our, our view of the Trinity, our belief of the Trinity, it changes everything. It impacts everything. It impacts our whole life. And here's why. The Trinity changes how I see the Father. The Trinity changes how I see the Father. 
when I see the Father in light of the whole Trinity, when I look at the Father's correction in light of the forgiveness that Jesus gives me, in light of the love that I receive and the guidance I receive from the Holy Spirit, now when I'm corrected by my Father, when I'm corrected by God, I know it comes from a desire to love me and guide me. It's not God trying to be mean. God correcting me when I see the whole picture of who God is. Now all of a sudden God's correction is not this mean correction. It comes from a place of love and a place of I want what's best for you. And the path that you're walking isn't the best. There's so much more. right? It changes the way that I see the Holy Spirit. It changes the way that I see the Holy Spirit. Right now, when I, when I see the Holy Spirit through the whole Trinity, when I listen for the voice of God, I actually know what to listen to and listen for. When, when I'm walking through a store and a voice tells me, hey, yeah, you just take that, don't pay for it. I know, hey, that's not Jesus. That's not the Holy Spirit. But when I hear that voice that says, hey, I should probably go help, help Maddox. I know, hey, that's probably the Holy Spirit talking to me. It's probably the Holy Spirit. I know what to listen to. I know what to listen for. But I also think the Trinity changes the way that we see the Son. Here's the thing, guys, is yes, Jesus is full. The Son is full of forgiveness and compassion and love. But it doesn't come without the correction. The whole point of Jesus' forgiveness is not so that you can keep living the life that you're living. It's so that you can rise to a higher standard. Jesus' forgiveness and redemption and salvation is a call to live your life differently. It is correction. It says, hey, instead of living for the world, come and follow me and be different. At the end of the day, the, the most important thing that the Trinity changes is how I see the sacrifice. It's how I see the sacrifice. And not just any sacrifice. It changes how I see Jesus' sacrifice. Because through the Trinity, I can truly see how much God loves me. When I understand that the person who is closest to the Father is the Son, as John 1 says then I realize that the act of God sending his son, the father sending his son to die on the cross for me, for my sin, for your sin. Guys, that, that impacts me. That should impact you. Because now I see the love of God through the sacrifice. Right? When I, when I think about Jesus sacrificing himself for my sin. Now all of a sudden, in the grand scheme of the Trinity, I see how much he loves me. Because not only did he go to the cross, he willingly went to the cross. He said, I'll go. I will go. And at the end of the day, guys, the Trinity, the Trinity helps me fully understand who God is. The Trinity fully helps me understand who God is and how he loves me. And band, y'all can come up and go ahead and get ready as we wrap up. Guys, as you look at the Trinity, that is my hope for you. As you look at the Father, as you look at the Son, as you look at the Holy Spirit, 
My hope is that you see who God truly is. That yes, he's a God that corrects you and guides you. He's a God that loves you. But he's a God, ultimately, that sent his son to die for you because he wants a relationship with you. And in the beginning chapters of the Bible, when Adam and Eve, they royally screw up and they sin. There's a moment there where God realizes in chapter 3, hey, there's really no hope for humans. There's really no hope for you and for me. Because sin has entered our lives. Raise your hand if you've ever made a mistake. Yeah, that's what I thought. Guys, catch this. Catch this. <laughs> you probably made a mistake today. And you're probably going to make a mistake tomorrow. And the next day. And the next day. And the next day. You can't save yourself. If you think you're perfect, you're wrong. You need a savior. You need God in your life. Because let's be honest, we've all probably tried at one point or another to live our lives our own way. I have, and I failed at it tremendously. I'm a terrible person when I try to live my life my own way. I make bad decisions, I screw up, I hurt people. Here's what I know is that when other people try to live life their own way, they screw up. They hurt other people, they hurt me, they hurt you. So let's all just be honest for a minute and acknowledge that we're not perfect. And to receive eternal life requires perfection. That's the standard. And so ultimately what that means is you and I, we can't earn that on our own. We screwed that up a long time ago. But there's one person who earned it for you. That's the good news, is you don't have to earn it. Because the Father sent the Son to pay the price for your mistakes and for my mistakes. And the great thing is, is that he gave us the Holy Spirit to say, hey, here's how you should live your life. And so maybe you're in this boat where you've believed in Jesus for a while, but maybe you're in this season of life where you've just not been living for God. Maybe tonight's a night where in the middle of all this fun that we're having, you need to just take a moment during this next song and go, God, I need a reset. I need a reset. I need to start living for you. Maybe you're here and you've never, ever thought about following Jesus. That's cool. I was in that boat too. But maybe tonight's a night that you need to say, hey, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. And I need someone who knows what they're doing to guide me through this thing called life. And help me make good decisions. I need a savior to save me from myself, to save me from my sins and my mistakes. If that's you tonight, maybe tonight you just pray. Just just talk to God. It's going to feel awkward at first, but just say, God, I need you. I'm not perfect. Maybe you're in this other boat where you believe in Jesus and you're following Jesus really well right now. That's awesome. There's people in this room who need your help. So come alongside them, right? There's this thing called the body of Christ, community, 
And it's a beautiful thing because that means that Noah doesn't have to live for Jesus on his own. Noah and Lucas can walk through life together and help each other. Right? You look around this room. Look at all the adults in this room. Realize that they're here for you. Hey, if tonight's your first night here, usually after the message, we do these things called small groups. And it's just a time for you to, to ask questions. But really, it's a time that these adults have said, hey, I want to pour into these kids. I want to be there for these students. I want to walk through life and help them. So wherever you're at, I just invite you to pray with me. And we're just going to ask God to speak to us, challenge us, and work in our lives. Let's pray. God, I just I thank you for this night. I thank you for these students, each and every one of them. The love that you have for them. God, I thank you for this thing called the Trinity. And as confusing as it can be at times, God, it's so beautiful. God, I thank you that through the Trinity we can truly see who you are and how much you love us. God, there's some students here tonight who they love you, they've, they believe in you, but we're not walking the way we should. God, would you help them? And if you're in that boat, I'd just invite you, pray this prayer with me. God, I love you, I believe in you, and I'm trying my best but I'm not doing so well. God, help me. Help me to get back on the right track. Guide me. Forgive me. Help me to live for you every single day. And maybe you're in, in that boat where you've never, you've never trusted Jesus. You've never believed in Jesus before. If that's you and <laughs> listening to this tonight, you realize, hey, yeah, I, I'm not living for Jesus. I'm not perfect, and I do. I, I need, I need God. I need a Savior. I need forgiveness. I can't do this thing called life anymore alone. Just invite you to pray. Just a really simple prayer with me. Just inviting God to come into your heart to be your Savior and to be your God. Something like this, God. I don't really know the right words to say or how to say it but I know I'm not perfect. I believe that you love me. I believe that you sent your son to die for me. God, I'm not perfect, and I need your forgiveness. Come into my heart. Be God of my life, and help me to live for you. And God, that's my prayer for these students tonight, that no matter where we're at, God, that we would just be people who live for you fully every single day. God, how amazing it is to see students inviting students to church. God, don't let it stop here. God, let this group of middle schoolers be the group that sets their schools on fire for you. God, for the students that invited a friend tonight. God, don't let it stop here. Give them the courage to invite one more. God, for the students that were invited tonight, God, I pray that you would just work and move in their lives. God, I pray that they would find a home here.
that they would experience your love and your grace and your power here. God, as we go into worship for one final song, God, I pray that you would just speak to us, challenge us, help us to hear your voice and experience your presence, and help us to have a whole lot of fun. In your name we pray. Amen.